The story you're about to enjoy is a factual tale, read to you from a fictional location. We believe. Madam, you've been working on interpreting those runes for days. Where did you even find the inscription? The stones were spat up by that enormous toad in Peril Pond. They landed right at my feet, darling. We have to get their meaning exactly right. Oh, dear. What have you got so far? It's either a warning about spitting on demons or a demand to put underpants on warthogs. We don't have any warthogs. I say we put underpants on our demons and let our guests in. Fine idea, Mr. Darling. Welcome back to the Midnight Library, everyone, for our final reading of the season. I'm your librarian and host, Miranda Merrick. Some of the more observant among you may have noticed that there are many books located high above our heads on ornate shelves. These out-of-reach books are just a small part of our private collection. You may have noticed that many of them have elaborate metal clasps and sturdy little chains that loop through steel eye hooks that anchor the old books to their shelves. Even more books located out of your view have been fitted with solid brass jackets, hasp closures, and strong locks that require a very specific key to open. The strict practice of keeping the books in this manner is not done so much in hopes of protecting the books, but is instead done in hopes of protecting you. Each of us, I'm willing to bet, has been to a quirky outdoor market, oddity sale, or fun shop decked out for fall or Halloween, or perhaps a Renaissance festival. In such places, you can often find polished stones etched with a single rune symbol. Most people wanting an interesting or mysterious bauble to entice or confuse others will often choose the symbol they believe is the closest in resemblance to their initials or a loved one's initials. They make the assumption that because the runic alphabet mostly looks like a slightly angular alternative to the English alphabet, that it's simply a matter of finding the closest matching letters. This, it turns out, is not only incorrect, but if you subscribe to the rare deep knowledge and power of the runic symbols, may very well be quite dangerous, we've learned. One wrong letter displayed improperly or combined with an opposing letter could cause or magnify the troubles of the person who carries them. And who among us would want that? Who indeed? Shh. Our special sponsor tonight isn't meant for you. It's just a boast of what our book can do. Our big brass book of secret knowledge, bursting with learning you can't get in college. It's away in a room completely hidden. You can't even get close. It's completely forbidden. 
It directs with rune and binds with spell. It has blueprints of the library and a map of hell. Its author is more than ancient for sure. You won't find him on any Ponzi book tour. He doesn't need your money or approval, but the book has a spell for your removal. Bequeath to a family with souls like pitch, now bragged about by one strange witch. We own the book that writes the ages, but alas, your eyes won't see the pages. The big brass book you'll never see, it can only be read by Darling and me. The runes come down to us from long ago, from lands that have long since been renamed, reclaimed, and redefined by modern borders. This ancient, fascinating system of writing is thought to be a combination of Norse and Germanic symbols. Germanic is a broad term that encompasses the German, Icelandic, Scandinavian, and British proto or first known versions of these languages. This is why there is some haziness to the complex and enigmatic meanings, representations, and supposed powers the symbols are said to possess or predict. Each runic character, of which there are 24, is a letter of its alphabet, but is also so much more, as each is brimming with cosmic forces that may be directed into action when writing or engraving them. They may also predict the fate of a situation or person when they are cast forth to reveal the unknown. The runic letters intended for casting are often carved into a set of smallish semi-precious stones or pieces of wood called staves, and are often made of the wood from a rowan tree, which is widely noted for its magical history and supernatural abilities. The very definition of the singular word rune means to hold a secret. It's true, the runic letters themselves are not all that graceful in their appearance. You'll notice the distinct lack of sensual curves and flourishes, Runic letters are crude, angular, and give off a daunting mood with their straight lines, pointed tops, and harsh intersections. Any of you who have attempted to carve initials into tree bark or stone surface will know just how difficult it is to embed a curvy letter. And since these letters were new in the early years of the first century, a time when ink and parchment were scarce and messages and signs were carved into wood, stone, metal, and bone with large, indelicate blades, it's understandable that these linear, sharp, and pointed letters were best suited to these solid surfaces. The runic alphabet is pleasingly called Elder Futhark. Futhark is simply the word made from the first six letters in the alphabet, much like the letters Q-W-E-R-T-Y refer to the layout of the keys on the top row of a typical keyboard, giving us the QWERTY system. Even the old word alphabet is an amalgam of the name of the first two letters, which were once called Aleph and Beth. 
The names of the English alphabet letters when spoken aloud are not all that different from the letters themselves. With the exception of the letter W, we pretty much have the given sound of the letter followed by a vowel sound, as in B, or the reverse with a vowel sound first, followed by the sound of the letter, as in F. But when the name of the letters in Futhark are spoken aloud, they sound like a magic chant or spell. Fehu, Uruz, Thurizaz, Ansus, Raido, Kanaz. My apologies just now if any mischief has befallen you. My compliments if you enjoyed it. Each of the 24 runes are grouped into three sections of eight called an et, spelled A-E-T-T. It is not known for certain why this grouping was chosen, although it is quite useful as a tool to commit the letters to memory, should anyone choose to do so. For those using the runes as a method of fortune-telling or in hopes of predicting the future by casting the runes forth, it immediately becomes obvious that just like letters in any given system of writing, some of the letters lend themselves to being read inverted or reversed, and some do not. For instance, the initials for the Midnight Library in both English and runic alphabet, the M cannot be reversed because it is symmetrical, but the L is asymmetrical, and so can land reversed. A reversed rune is said to be merkstave, which literally means dark stick. A rune cast that lands in this fashion does not hold the direct opposite meaning or power of its correct or true position, but does carry with it a negative or dark connotation. My dear guests, you may have noticed as you walk the permitted corridors here at the Midnight Library that we have many inlaid stones inscribed with collections of rune letters in various stanzas and circles. They're there for decorative purposes mainly, and if you should happen to observe your own initials etched somewhere, we assure you this is pure happenstance only, and absolutely nothing more. Our reading tonight is brought to you by Our Little Irma's Ruining Runes. They bring rain and drinks that spill. Irma's runes aren't meant to kill. Made of plastic with no sharp corners. Her runes bring frustration, but not mourners. Did someone take your parking space? Let Irma's runes put a ward on their face. Co-workers' remarks have you upset. Her runes predict they'll sit in something wet. Fairweather friends left you out of the loop. Obviously, they'll step in dog poop. Irma's runes make it easy, you'll see, to bend and twist the powers that be. They come ten in a bag, it doesn't take many. Just bring a lock of your hair and one bright penny. Visit Our Little Irma in the Gap in the Bricks by the Fireplace.
Much of the mysterious lore surrounding the dangerous powers of the runes is clearly on display in the National Museum of Denmark. The warning which can be found in the ancient tale of Ejil Saga, a book that can be found in print still today. The story of Ejil, although debatable in its accuracy as a historical document, is replete with murder and massacres, battles and brotherhood, along with kings and queens, fortunes and curses. Egil himself is adept at carving such curses, which eventually play out in their precise intentions against his intended enemies. The book also tells of Egil heroically saving the gravely ill daughter of a farmer. When Egil is taken to visit the sick girl, he discovers someone has given her a whalebone with poorly chosen and inscribed runes. He quickly scrapes the harmful etchings from the bone and into the fire to destroy them entirely. Egil sets to recarving the surface of the whalebone with the correct runes in the correct order, and the girl recovers to vibrant health. Because the girl became ill by means of an ignorant carving of runes, the book presents a stern warning to those who would use the runes without sufficient knowledge of their powers, and also mentions the fact that the runes possess eminent magical attributes that work in particular ways regardless of the intended uses to which they are put by humans. The runes will do as they decide is fitting. So in the words of another famous stone, you can't always get what you want. The Book of Egil Saga also states that Odin, the Norse god of wisdom, war, death, divination, poetry, and magic, was so lacking in his understanding of the meaning and power of the runes that he set himself to the grim task of self-sacrifice in order to gain their secrets. This punishing vigil included the fasting of both food and water for nine days, as well as being hung pierced by a spear each night. Dear guests, in order that you need not go to such lengths, I'll just tell you a little about the symbols and their magical abilities. As with any alphabet that has evolved by passing through the lips of one ancient culture and on to the neighboring cultures, you will discover variations of the letters down through time. The same is true for the runic alphabet. Depending on if you were to study the remaining carved symbols from each of the Norse-Germanic languages we listed, you would undoubtedly find weird, unfamiliar alternative versions of the markings from one language to the next. Elder Futhark is most commonly agreed upon today as a fairly solid interpretation of the unification of the runic alphabet. And even though not everyone will be able to see the beauty of the harsh old letters, I promise you that even with their pronounced air of doom, the letters do indeed present a lovely kind of gloom. 
It could very well take a large portion of the rest of our lives to glean a small portion of the tomes written in both modern and ancient times regarding the enigmatic runes. So let's unwrap the letters of a simple word in modern English to see what Elder Futhark endows them with. Love will be the word we shall slice into pieces. Let us begin. L. In Elder Futhark, the name of the letter L is legues, meaning water. In appearance, it very much resembles an upward arrow, with the left side of its top missing. It is said to hold within it a life energy, a source of fertility, the power to move and flow, to cleanse and renew. It implies the mystery of the deep sea, the depth of the unknown, the possibility of dreams, both pleasant and terrifying. The element of water being able to both give life and to take it. When the letter L is found to be Merkstave, it may represent cloudiness of thoughts, negative emotions, poor decisions, circular thinking, obsession, and madness as well as circular thinking and obsession and madness. O. The letter O has great significance and can be envisioned as an X with an inverted V on its top to create an open diamond shape. The letter is beautifully named Othela and stands for Ancestral Property and Group Prosperity. It carries with it that which is unique to all of us, our home. Be it the actual house or land in which we were born, or the land our ancestors came from or have passed to us, either in actual ownership or spiritual and cultural values or beliefs. The letter O in Merkstave shows the potential of disorder, poverty, to be homeless, or to wander without purpose. V. The letter V is a bit unusual in Elder Futhark, as it looks like an angular P, as in Paul, and represents both the letters V and W. The name of the letter is Wunjo or Wunyo, and plainly stated means joy. It is empowered with the things in life that bring joy, comfort, pleasure, prosperity, friendship, glory, success, harmony, and ecstasy. The letter can be reversed into Merkstave, however, and be a sign of sorrow, strife, alienation, rage, possession by unseen forces, and becoming berserk. E. The letter E in the runic alphabet looks exactly like a capital M, as in Mary. Its name is pronounced Ewas, and it means horse or two horses, which are symbolic of transportation. Long ago, it was directly associated with horses, of course, but then broadened into horse-led carriages, then cars and boats and so on. It conjures up the vision of a team, a partnership, 
or a marriage, all moving together as a unit to get somewhere or accomplish work or achieve a goal. The Merckstave state of the letter E isn't all that negative in its mood. It only holds the potential of change, haste, and recklessness. At its worst, it offers disharmony, mistrust, and betrayal. So, my dear guests, if you choose to string the letters Legues, Othela, Wunjo, and Iwas together, or carve them into your forehead, which we do not recommend, you may receive the happy outcome of a sea of prosperity beside your orderly house filled with joyous harmony as you travel beside your perfect life partner. However, when you view your engraving each day in your mirror and find your letters in Merckstave, it is equally possible that you may find yourself drowning in self-doubt, lost in an obsessive haze, wandering aimlessly, resigning yourself to invisible forces that drive you to madness, resulting in the blossoming of a new and bizarre character. In which case, we undoubtedly have a loving home for you here, amongst the countless old books and maze-like hallways of the Midnight Library. Good night, everyone. Thank you so much for visiting us. Please be careful on your way out. Mr. Darling, see our guests safely to the door, won't you? With pleasure, madam. This way, ladies and gentlemen. Do stay on the blue carpet, please. Anzuz, Manaz, Anzuz, Raido, Ewaz. Thank goodness the guests have gone, madam. The demons hate their underpants and are shredding them in the halls. They say they'd rather be spat upon than wear them. But the runes, darling, they warned us we must follow their instructions exactly. Ah, that's if we read them correctly. Well, I'm too tired to spit on demons tonight, and I'm certainly not working on those runes anymore. Please remove them, Mr. Darling. Oh, I'll not only remove them, I'll return them. Bet I can hit that toad. The Midnight Library is co-produced by Tess Feifel and Astonishing Legends Productions and is edited by Sarah Voorhees Wendell with music and sound design by Ryan McCullough. Special thanks to Miranda Merrick and Mr. Darling. No part of the show may be reproduced in any manner without express written consent. Copyright Astonishing Legends. All rights reserved.